Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. That come to change, he saves. That he delivers. That he sets free. Amen. That he's coming back for a people of pride who have made herself ready. Hallelujah. What a word. What a song. Amen. How we ought to rejoice tonight. Amen. In that victory we have in Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. That's what I've come to do here tonight. To tell you he saves. He sets free. Amen. That he liberates. Amen. You don't have to live in slavery any longer. We're sons and daughters of God. Destined for freedom. Amen. Destined for a rapture. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Let's just talk to the Lord now. Jesus, how wonderful your word is. How wonderful these songs of praise to your name. Oh, you are worthy, God. There's just none like you. We have found you. We've tasted of you. You're the satisfying portion. Amen. You're the honey in the rock. You are the medicine for every need that we have. And no weapon that's formed against us can prosper. But we're the children of the King today. And we come together in your name to love you, to serve you. Amen. To declare you save, you deliver. And we're here tonight as the children of the King to cast Satan out. Amen. To take dominion over every evil spirit. They would try to hold God's people, his elect, down. In the name of Jesus, we ask your blessings upon us tonight as we worship you and give you praise and honor and glory. Amen and amen. God bless you. Amen. Oh, my, what a, what a word in that song tonight. Amen. Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11 Now all these things happened unto them for an examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Do you believe we're here? Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Tonight I'm going to be speaking on on the message to apply the blood. We spoke Sunday on a service, and I wanted to come tonight and speak again. As I won't be here Sunday, I'm going to Brother Jason Jackson's meet with Brother Ron Spencer there for meetings there this weekend. So I would appreciate your prayers. But I spoke Sunday upon the message of the Exodus. And I feel like it was probably one of the most important sermons that I would preach this year. But I think every sermon that we hear 
is important, is vital for us to take a hold of. The Bible said, lay hold of eternal life. And it's real important that when the word comes forth that you take hold of it, no matter who is speaking. But I'm reminded of some things, and I, I, I don't want to spend a lot of background tonight. We, it's Wednesday night. We want to get right into the Word. But I will just tell you right in, up front that I have a lot to say tonight. And so I will try to be cognitive time, but at the same time, I hope you understand also that I, I have to obey the Holy Spirit. And in the message, the token, Brother Branham said that now we're living in the shadows and the wrath is ready to strike. And God is requiring a token that you yourself have received his token, the Holy Ghost. It is the only way and the only sign that God will ever pass because it is the literal life of Jesus Christ returned back to the believer. And so, as we were speaking Sunday, that just before he preaches the sermon on the token, that the Holy Ghost is a requirement for the rapture, Brother Branham is recognizing that so many of his followers um, and church members, that they're without the Holy Ghost. There's something evidently missing in their lives. And this realization is what prompts him to preach on the token. Now, this wasn't meant to be a sermon of condemnation, but rather to identify the lack so that the problem of sin and unbelief could be healed and God's people delivered. And I just want to also add to you tonight that my preaching is not to condemn anybody. And, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not out to damn you, but rather to see you delivered. And the prophet was bothered that even after the supernatural revelations of where night after night the angel of the Lord came bringing the voice of the thunders, the people, although they intellectually heard and understood the seals, they were still missing the life or the token, that that literal life of Christ. And I'd just like to, to share with you some scripture here for a moment as we go to 1 Corinthians 13, 1. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. So as we look at here, Paul is really looking at both sides of the spectrum, you know, as the pendulum swings one way or the other. And, and he could say, though I have, you know, all the gifts of prophecy or the tongues of men and angels are, you know, though I have all faith that I could move mountains and have not charity, I'm nothing. But then he also covers the other side of the spectrum and he says, though I understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have not charity. Now, charity, of course, is the basic nature of God because God is love. When Brother Branham went beyond the curtain of time, he was told, this is what you preach was perfect love. This is the Holy Ghost. So we know then the Holy Ghost truly is the very nature of God, which love is his basic nature. 
And of course, in 1 John 4, 16, he says, and we, we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. So you cannot be a Christian and not have the love of God. It is the nature of God to love. Perfect love is the Holy Ghost. So we can just say that the same thing. If we have not charity or have not the Holy Spirit, we're just sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. Without the Holy Ghost and all the knowledge, you know that we have faith to move mountains, no matter which side of the pendulum that it swings, whether it goes to the intellect or to the emotional or to the signs and wonders, it matters not. You must have the nature of God. And this is the whole thing that we must realize because you can manifest many things and yet lack the basic element of God's own nature. Now, the blood, as we showed, and you can look at the illustration here, that it, it was, must strike the two side posts and the lentil. And the blood from the lamb was used to strike. I want to just emphasize that word strike, not lightly or to gently paint, but, uh, but it was more than that. It was to strike. Amen, to, to strike the, both the, the sides of the doorpost and the lintel. Now, it would not be struck on the threshold of the floor because, you see, the, the, the Jews were to pass through the blood and under the blood, but no one is to trample the blood of the lamb underfoot. Amen. So it is not on the threshold. Amen. To be trampled underfoot. We must be really careful not to trample the blood. Amen. But to hold it in great esteem and realizing it's our life. Now, the blood, of course, is the Holy Spirit and it must be applied to every entrance. And I want to emphasize every entrance of in your house, the body, the spirit, or the soul. Now, Brother Branham would tell us in modern events made clear by prophecy, he said there's many people just can't believe it, even spirit-filled people. I'm going to give you one that'll choke you. The baptism of the Holy Ghost don't mean you're going in, not at all. Not on that. Don't have anything to do with your soul. That's the baptism. See, hear the inside soul in here that has to come from God. But on the outside, you can have five senses and, out, uh, and inlets and to contact your earthly home. And the inside, you have a spirit. And then there, the, and there you have five outlets, your conscience and love and so forth. The five outlets to that spirit. But remember, in that spirit, you can be baptized with the genuine spirit of God and still be lost. It is the soul that lives that was ordained of God. Now, so of course, you know, again, this is very important for us to focus upon. Remember, we want more than the Holy Spirit upon our flesh and more than it upon our spirit realm. But we want it within the soul. Amen. Deep within the soul. And it'll only take effect if it has a seed gene of God on the inside. Otherwise, no matter how much it falls upon it, the rain can fall, but it will only manifest what seeds on the inside. Now, but because of the lack of this revelation of Christ 
personally to you, this is why today we have so many divisions around the message. Amen. This is why the tangents there, and the tangent is just a different line of thought than what the messenger had. And it's deception that comes through wisdom. But I want you to understand, the Holy Ghost don't come through wisdom. The Holy Ghost doesn't come through intellectual knowledge. The Holy Ghost comes by a personal experience and encounter with God. That's how the Holy Ghost comes. Now, so the, the reason of the divisions and, and you know, and, and uh, this is, as I said, the reason of the divisions. And, and uh, of course, you know, the real mystery of Christ coming in bride form is some acknowledge and can see, you know, he's here. He's here, Brother Jim. He's, he's here in bride's form, but they don't know how he came that way. Right. He comes in bride form through the new birth. Amen. Not through the wisdom of man, not by the imparting of the knowledge, but by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's exactly how he is here in bride form. Amen. Now, in Christ's mystery, Brother Bradham said, God holds his keys alone. No theologian can tell you. It is not known. It's hid from them. They know nothing about it. So the schools, when you say, I got a PH, LLD, you only make to me, and I believe to God and to any true believer, that means you're just that much further away. You just backed off. God is not known by education. He is not known by how to explain it. Amen. God is known by simplicity and a revelation of Jesus Christ to the most a literate person. Amen. Not your theology. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Upon this rock I build my church. No other rocks accepted. No other things accepted. No other Roman rock. No other Protestant rock. No other school. No nothing. But exactly on the revelation of Jesus Christ through the new birth. He is born in there. He injects his own life. And your life is gone. Amen. And the life of Christ is projecting itself through you with the preeminence to the people that they can see the very life and works and signs and wonders that he did is doing the same thing through you. Amen. Amen. Outside of that, the rest of it is not even called to at all. What's God's great revelation unfolding? By lack of this revelation, listen to this prophet. Is why we have so many different divisions among us and so much mockery. So much division among us is because people lack that revelation. See, they lack that revelation, the teacher. Now, what revelation? No, certainly not. You know, some, uh, you know, great exposition of the seals and great knowledge of the thunders and can tell us all about all of these different mysteries. That's not the knowledge that Brother Branham or the revelation Brother Branham said they're lacking. They're lacking the revelation of Christ personally to them. Amen. He said they lack that revelation, the teachers. Amen. I tell you, it's time that every teacher, every preacher takes stock and and makes makes sure they have that revelation. Whether they understand anything else, they know God. This is what Brother Brandon would say. I met the author. 
Amen. You, you know, you may, may know your Bible better than I do. You may be, out, be able to out-argue me, but I know the author. And this is where every person has got to come to. I know the author. Amen. Do you understand this right? Do you understand that right? Do you have a great handle on this or a great handle on this mystery? Here's the mystery you better know. Come on. Amen. Yeah. The mystery of Christ personally to you. Yeah. Paul, after his great revelation of Christ, said in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, and, and he said, I, I never came to you. Let's, let's just look at it. Listen to the great apostle Paul, the intellectual servant of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or wisdom. Declaring unto you the testimony of God. Said, I, I never said, I'm Dr. So-and-so. Right. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in much in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and the power. I say, God, give us some more pause. Amen. Well, you know, we, we have been, we have been uh, inundated with wisdom of man and ideas of man and creeds of man, but give us some pause. Amen. That my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and the power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. That's where your faith has got to stand. Not because I understand all of the mysteries, but because I know him and he changed me and I'm not what I was. Amen. And there's a hunger and a desire in my heart for more of that God. Amen. Too often the message has been preached with arrogance full of human reasoning, wisdom, and pride. And it produces fleshly, proud, arrogant people instead of the humility of the Lamb. Now, this is why Brother Brennan would say in Christ the Mystery, notice in the last days, Luther is doing the same thing. Can't you see it? The devil doing the same thing, building up a hybrid church. A hybrid by hybrid members. Hybrid by knowledge instead of the word. By intellectual men instead of born again men. Building an intellectual kingdom that will outshine Christ's little bitty flock. See, what's, what is it that did that? Fallen angels. The Bible said it was fallen angels who listened to Lucifer instead of Christ who they once belonged to. Is that right? Amen. So Brother Bradham tells us this is what the devil, this is what he'll be doing in this last day, trying to hybrid the church by knowledge. Amen. By building an intellectual kingdom. Amen. That will outshine Christ's little bitty flock. Oh my, fallen angels will get into it. Now, but notice, here's the key. The nature of Christ is missing. The lamb isn't there. Now, this is a problem with all this intellectual learning. The lamb isn't there. The blood isn't there. Amen. I just want you to look what Brother Bradham displayed. Love, kindness, humility. Is that right? 
Never such a humble man. Didn't puff him up and didn't make him proud. Didn't become arrogant. Come on. Amen. You see, the characteristics we witness too often in the ministry is heady, high-mindedness, arrogance. That's a spiritual sick person. Brother Branham told us in, in Images of Christ, he said, remember, it's only the sick that demands attention, service, just the sick. They demand attention. And when you see a preacher, and he said, may I not limit it to a preacher, but may I limit it to every person, every church member that wants attention. I'm somebody. Just remember, there's a spiritual sick person. They're needing attention. They need the attention of the Spirit of God that can give them something that will take that attitude out of them and heal them from their selfishness. Big ideas and big me and little you. The Holy Ghost makes us all the same. Amen. Too much spiritual sickness. Anemic. You know what anemic is? If somebody hadn't got any blood. They walk funny. They're topsy, uh, tipsy, topsy all over the time. And that's what's the matter with many of our church members today. They are anemic. They need a blood transfusion of Calvary that will give them rich royal blood that will make them walk in the old-fashioned Holy Ghost hewed out way of God that will give them something to live for, give them a confidence that will make them walk in the image of their Lord. But you know, again, you know, uh, all of a sudden, because of our superior knowledge, we we are the brides, you know, the elite, the elect. And God, God just loves to damn other people. You know, the, the rest of you that are just too stupid to get our superior knowledge and understanding, God loves to damn you. What in the world? Why? Why are these kind of attitudes coming out today? Because of the lack of a new birth. Because of promoting a superior knowledge, which came from Satan. It didn't come from God. The spirit ain't of God. Amen. Now, let me just say something to you. Let's get it clear. Revelation is not knowledge. Revelation is not knowledge. Brother Branham said, Lucifer thinks and exalts himself above the humble word of God by the knowledge of the revelation. And he has placed himself by seminary education and theology until they got themselves up. And if you don't belong in their group, then you're outwashed. Hmm. You see, revelation is not knowledge. Revelation is a supernatural happening. And that you may not know even how to explain it. You just know you got it. That's what revelation is. I mean, knowledge puffeth up. But charity edifies. Is that right? Amen. You know, the, the knowledge that is puffing up today is we're now the mercy seat. Goodness me. Let me tell you, if grace and mercy is put in the hands of men, then we're all lost. Except for those who will come down and worship at their feet. Amen. But I'm glad that mercy doesn't lay in men. Mercy lays in the mercy seat. Where Christ is the high priest. Amen. The death angel will not be kept away by knowledge. But by the life of the lamb and his nature displayed. Now, as I told you, Brother Branham goes into the woods. And he hunts 
But he can't even handle thinking and, and praying about the problems that he's seeing. He returns to the tabernacle and he preaches to them two sermons. We spoke about that Sunday. Both sermons he telling them what was bothering him. First sermon was a question. How can I overcome? His next sermon is the answer. The token. You must have the token, the Holy Ghost. That's the only way you'll overcome. And then he, he begins to explain this was needed to follow the seals. And I'm just going to tell you, friends, we need something to follow the seals. Amen, because we've had about 40 years of theology preached around the message. It's time that we find out what was to follow the seals. Amen. After the token message, he preaches a sermon, Desperation. And that evening, he refers back to his morning sermon on the token. And he refers it as a capping off time. Now, he said this morning, referring to the token, where he, where he gives us a message. The message is to apply the token. Get the Holy Ghost, in other words. The message this morning to me was the highlights message of my entire ministry. This is how important this is. Highlight of my entire ministry. A highlight message of my entire ministry. Someday I'll tell you how it come about. And I know that everything has worked for months and months and months up to that one message. Moving up to come to that place. This was the capping off time of it. Amen. You see? And, and he, he, again, he says, I believe with all the messages that I ever brought, that absolute was ordained of God outside, of course, the regular commission like the seven seals and things. That was directly the word of God. But I'm talking about a message to preach. I believe that it was, see, the one needed to follow the seven seals. Right. Amen. Amen. Now, what comes after the seven seals? What's what come after the seven seals? Uniting of the people. United signs. Red flashing light in the last day. Sign of women getting prettier. Men. What they would do. All these signs of the Holy Spirit leading up. And then come right back here to the capping off of all of those messages since the seven seals. It's capped off in this one thing. The token. That we're... That, that we are all right. See, just check ourselves and see that we're in the faith. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Check yourself. Yeah. Make sure you're in the faith. Amen. Amen. This is the Exodus hour. And this is the one that's needed to follow the seals. Amen. And the token message, Brother Branham, um, it was a message that God ordered Brother Branham. Can you imagine? This is not William Branham's thoughts. He's out in the woods and God orders him. Yeah. Amen. Just like God ordered Moses. Right. Tell him, Amen, take a lamb without blemish. And told him the whole process of it. What to do? Right. It was God's orders. Yeah. It was not Moses' message. It was God's message. Yeah. Yeah. And God was led, was given a message to this end time people. And he said, lay it in their laps. Yeah. A message on the requirement of the Holy Ghost showing you must be under the atonement of the blood and that not only must you have it, 
it must be applied. Amen. Now, we're living in the shadows and the wrath is about to strike. And I'm reading this quote again on purpose. God is requiring a token that you yourself have received this token, the Holy Ghost. And it's the only way and the only sign that God will ever pass because it is the literal life of Jesus Christ returned back to the believer. So this is a time of action. I mean, believe we're in an hour of action. I mean, we're to be the book of Acts church. Where the life of Christ, the Holy Ghost, is an action living out of the people. Are you hearing me? Yeah, you know, I, I get it. The book of Acts had its troubles, it had its trials, and those that Paul called false brethren, but that's not what's being restored. We already had false brethren and troubles and trials and troubles in the church. But what is restored is the acts of the Holy Spirit in the church. That the Holy Ghost is, is an action in the people. That's what the book of Acts is about. The Holy Ghost in action in your everyday life. In healing the sick. Amen. And casting out devils. In every way the Holy Spirit in action. On your job, in your home, in your marriage, everywhere that you look, the Holy Ghost is in action. Are you with me? Amen. That's what it is. And that's what is being restored is the Holy Ghost in action. Remember, it's not the acts of the apostles. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit in the apostles. Is that right? So the church is to be Jesus Christ in action upon the earth. Amen. Because I live, you shall live also. And my life will be in you. The works that I do shall you do also. The church has to get to that place. Amen. And he said he promised it would do it, and it will. It's got to come that way. Amen. I believe that's why God's laying it on my heart so heavy. Amen. We must be Christ in action. The Holy Spirit at work, living in the people. Come on now. Amen. You don't know. I'm not trying to get you to jump or dance or run or speak in tongues. Although that wouldn't hurt any of you. Amen. I mean, if I see, if I see a demon take over a person and, and speak and, and talk and say things, what about the Holy Spirit? Get a hold of your tongue. Speak in another language. Amen. Oh my, this is, but it's the Holy Ghost in action. That's what you saw was 120 influenced, possessed. Amen. Their vessels filled, their tongues talking, glorifying God, their lives demonstrating Christ. That they would have to say, these men have been with Jesus. Amen. Now, now, how can I overcome? Brother Branham talks about the church maybe should be taken a little step higher at this time. And he said, I want to bring to the church something that you should know. And he's looking forward, he's looking toward the token. The token, the Holy Ghost. Something more than believe in the message. Amen. This is a step higher. Then believe in the message. 
the Holy Ghost. And it's a higher step than just believing. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? After they believed, they were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Are you with me now? So now, while Brother Branham is hunting, he's troubled about his church. And he's seeing Christians in the church living a life that wasn't worthy of the gospel. I mean, now, now, wait a minute. He's, he's told you some of the things he's preached. He's preaching about the flashing red lights of the sign of his coming. What's he preaching about? Unbridled lust. And the open pornography everywhere. And the satanic influence. And it's a flashing red light. He's coming. You know why? Because it's the death angel. Amen. It means the exodus is right here. Because the death angel is that close. Coming in with unbridled lust. Amen. Demonstrating itself with Hollywood through the women, through the men, and all these other spirits that, that are there. Come on, church. Amen. Flashing red light. Amen. He said, time to throw your whirly bag of peanuts down and get on the train. And I'll just tell you, it's just peanuts. Amen. All of the world, all of sin, all of the, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm just going to say, whatever you're putting there, it's just peanuts. Throw it down. Get on the train. Make sure that the train's in the block. The whistle is sounding. The lights are flashing. It's about ready to take off. Now, Brother Branham is seeing signs of Christian people. I'm just going back over some of these that he's been preaching after the seals. Things that he sees the church needs, though they got this superior revelation and intellectual learning. Are you with me? And he sees seeing the signs of Christian people failing to live a life worthy of the gospel. How many recognize the title? Amen. Is your life worthy? Not is your wife worthy. Amen. But is your life worthy of the gospel? Amen. And that people are turning down the opportunity to come to the marriage feast for frivolous things. Again, a bag of peanuts. Amen. All of these excuses that they made. Now the seals has been preached. And I want to just say, the thunders have roared out their voices. We, we have preached and can preach and will preach on mighty messages of, of the thunders and what they uttered. That what was once symbols is now a voice. There's no more thunders. They've, they've been revealed. Amen. It's no more an unknown voice. The voices spoke out. No longer an unknown symbol. The symbol is known. The book is open. Amen. So the seals have been preached. The thunders roared out their voices. The silence has been broken. Oh, brother, that, that itself is shouting ground right there. God holding mysteries to this last day, and you're privy to it. 
Amen. You, you have been made to know exactly what it is. The silence has been broken. The mysteries has been revealed. And he's asking the question, is your life worthy of this gospel? You've been invited to a marriage feast. But those who have been invited are not worthy. Think of that. They're turning it down for many little foolish Foolish reasons. I bought a yoke of ox. I bought a land. I, my busyness of life. Come on. He preaches another sermon asking another question. And his question is, do you care? He cares. Do you care? Amen. God has cared enough to bring us to this end time. Send us a prophet. Provide a token. Amen. Provide a way of escape. He cares, but do you care? Are you concerned? The whole sermon is about the need of coming clean before God and the importance of a sincere confession and a dying out to sin. In order order to to receive what he cares to give, you're going to have to care enough Somebody help me preach. Then he preaches another sermon. How can I overcome? What's he doing? He's seeing the condition of his church. I just want to say, I feel like we're part of his church. Amen. Not not just the denomination, but Branham Tabernacle and the followers of his message. How many identifies yourself as a follower of the message? So he's asking, how can I overcome? He, he's seeing there's things in the church and they're not overcoming. Their things are not rising above. <laughs> Listen. Time has marked its, it's, it's marked my calendar Xing off one day after another. Here I am now looked up to by some as a senior preacher or elder in this message. Been preaching almost 50 years. And the cries of pastors come to me as people leave the message. Deacons, trustees, song leaders, people who a few years ago seemed solid in the faith, stood there for years, looked like pillars in the church, but now rejecting the truth and living in sordid, sinful conditions we see it in the prayer lines people confessing lust porn addiction grown men women young people you know with depression and fear anxiety suicide torn apart families wrecked homes adulteries exposed and fornication discovered among the young people in porn and game addiction has led to devil possession and the sin of every kind that's coming to the church. Are you with me? And then among the church are those who have never come overcome habits. They can never learn the basics. Amen. Just wash your face. Just be clean. Let this token be shown on your body. In your hair, in your dress, on your face. 
basics of attending church, paying tithes, just doing the basics, but there's indifference and, and lukewarmness. Oh, predestinated. Oh, yeah, we believe we're predestinated. Yes, we do. We believe God's going to pick us up in the rapture and clean us up without any effort or desire on our part. Because we're predestinated, we'll be there. That ain't predestination. I'll tell you what, if you're predestinated, you'll have a hunger for God, an insatiable desire for the word, a longing in your heart for God. That really will show your predestination. Amen. It'll show in that even when you try to quit, you can't quit. And you're back here again tonight because you're predestinated seed. Searching for God and longing for God. Wanting to do right. There's a condition, Brother Branham, called doty. It's not a word. Try to look it up in the dictionary yourself. Doty's not a word. But he's referring to the word dote. Being extremely old and weak. When a person gets their way, they're too old or too weak to care. This is why Brother Branham's telling us, and he cares, do you care? Have you come to a place you don't care? You're just unconcerned. Amen. It'll show in your prayer life. It'll show in your church attendance. It'll show in your family. It'll show in family devotion. It'll show everywhere. You don't care. Amen. Now, again, I'm not condemning. I'm just, I'm just pointing out some, some, some lack. Amen. And, and don't take everything on the, on the medicine shelf tonight. Just take your portion. Are you with me? Amen. This, this, I mean, you, you old timers ought to be saying, yes, Brother Tim. Amen. Amen. Thank you for preaching on this. Amen. We want to see the Holy Spirit in our church, in our young people, in our families. We want to see people on fire for God. Amen. He said, I was crossing a log the other day. Now he's out hunting. This is how can I overcome where he's studying. I'm studying my people. I'm crossing a log the other day. Over a, it was down a wash, what's called a hollow. I jumped on this old log, and on the outside it looked good, and it looked like a big old beach log. But when I jumped on it, oh, a great big piece of it fell off. It was real rotten and dirty. And I said, that's the way Christians are becoming. Now, he's thinking of his church. This is the way my church is becoming. People in my church, people who have heard the seals, People have seen the Son of Man to display himself. Amen. And, I, and he said, that's the way Christians are becoming. They're dead in sin and trespasses so long till they become duty. They can hold no weight at all. They don't know what overcoming means. And that's it. People just live with their problems. Live with their addictions. Live with their temper. Come on. Amen, they, they can't hold no way at all. They can't, don't know what overcoming means. And I began to think of this text. Overcome, keep life in you. Overcome, keep life in you. How am I going to overcome? Keep the life. Keep the life. Don't lose the life. Amen. And he said, when life went out, speaking of the tree, That's what brought that log into that condition. 
And it made it worse than ever when it laid in the branch where the water was. A branch is a creek. And he says it, it made it worse than ever and it's laying in the branch or the water. He's seeing, he's seeing life is going out of the churches. Life is going out of the homes. Oh, you know, you'd be screaming amen if I was calling denominational names. Amen. If I was saying Baptist, life has went out of their churches. Amen, Brother Tim. That's right. Amen. The Methodist life has went out of them. That's why there's gay marriages and gay. Hey, there's been gays in our pulpits. Amen. There's been sin of every kind. Amen. In the leadership of churches. To where they're falling away and now back in sin and worse than ever. Are you with me? Life is going out of the churches and the homes and individuals and it causes the rottenness of church members dead in sins and trespasses. Amen. And he said, and when you take a Christian that's supposed to be a Christian and let the life of God go from him, the experience, oh, the experience, let the life, the experience, the joy of serving Christ and living in a church where sex is going on, he rottens twice as quick, right, living right under. So if we're trying to follow the message of the hour, amen, here he's talking to us now. If we're trying to follow the message of the hour, we should live constantly in the life of Christ. Amen. Because if you don't, you lay around and you know that these things that you're supposed to do and don't do it, the Bible said, he that knoweth to do good and doeth to not, to him it is sin. And you just become doty and rotten when you're separated from the life of God. So strive. Strive with all that's in you to stay in the life of Christ that you be friend-bearing. I don't want to be one who finds a victory who has no fruit. They get cursed. Amen. I want to be one that he finds life in, fruit in, the Holy Ghost moving in. Is that the way you feel tonight? And as a follower of the message, we must strive with everything within us. Keep that life. Amen. In the church, we want to keep that life. We don't want to lose the spirit. We don't want to lose the anointing. Amen. We don't want to lose the welcoming of the Holy Ghost. No. To be an overcomer, of course, you've got to be, uh, uh, you've got to have something to overcome. And we're here in Laodicea. you surely got things to overcome. Lukewarmness is one of the big ones. Complacency and not caring. Indifference. It's the grandest of all church ages, but yet, you know, because it is the ending of time and the blending of eternity, but it's also the greatest sinful age. It's a great age. The seventh angel preached in this age. Amen. The message came in this age. Amen. The Laodicean age received Revelation 10, 7. It received Luke 17, 30. Amen. Malachi 4, 5. Amen. Revelation 6 and the opening of the seals. It was all done right here in this Laodicean age. 
So it's a grand age. Because it's the ending of time and the blending of eternity. We're getting ready for an exodus. Somebody with me. But he said, yet it's the greatest sinful age. More sin in this age than ever has been. And the powers of Satan many times harder to fight against than it was in any other age. Isn't that true? Don't we find that with our young people? It's even harder in their generation than it was our generation. Because every, every, every generation that passes by gets wickeder and even more evil. And Satan comes with another device, another way to find his way in. And the only thing that'll keep him out is the Holy Ghost, the blood over the door. Otherwise, the death angel will find a way in. And he'll be using your body and speaking through your life. Using your tongue. Dwelling in your body. And you're either going to be the temple of the Holy Ghost. Or you're going to become the the body Satan dwells in. Because there's two markings going on. A marking of God. The seal of the Holy Ghost. Or the marking of the beast. Oh, you think, oh, Brother Tim. Listen, when I see message girls that can just brazenly put a, I believe in pro-choice. It's a woman's rights. You know what? That's an anointing of the devil. That's a demon possession. They possess their thoughts. Got a hold in their life. Amen. We, we can't believe in women's rights to kill their babies. They have a right and they have a choice. And that choice was when they, got cons- when they, when they made that wrong move. That was the choice. Amen. Now, now it's not a choice. It's a life. It looked like that would be easy to understand, don't it? Come on. Look like it would be easy to understand, don't it? But, of course, this evil age is pressing upon in every way that you can imagine. Listen, back there in the early ages, a Christian for the profession in a church belonging to Christ could be beheaded or killed, put out of his misery, go to meet God quickly. But the enemy has come in in the name of the church, and it's so deceiving. This is the great age of deception. When Christ said so, the two spirits would be so close in the last day till it deceived the very elected if it was possible. Remember, Christ spoke of an elected people for the last day, and it would deceive the very elected if it were possible. So close. And the people, oh, hear me now. Hear what Brother Branham says and how can I overcome. The people live. They can live a clean, holy life, not be sinful, adulterers, drinkers, liars, gamblers. They can live above that and still not with it. Because you can be anti-abortion and anti, you know, perversion and anti, oh, I believe the word and I do this. And, and you know, you can even come to church and you miss that life. This is the age, he said, of the personal life. This is what's required. Personal life of Christ. Now, you see, we've come down through justification, 
sanctification, baptisms and anointings of his spirit. But this is the age of the personal life. The Passover requires not simply us accepting the lamb, nor just holding his blood in the basin, nor waving our hyssop of of faith, but uh, but the applying of the blood to all three places of entrance, the body, the spirit, and the soul. Another sermon Brother Bradham preaches is the indictment. And the indictment is a sermon about the rejection of Christ and the refusal to come under the blood. And anybody who denies the blood, amen, the intercessory of Christ is under the indictment. In the indictment, Brother Branham said, why did they say all men should worship at Jerusalem? But there's only one place that God will fellowship with man, and that's under the blood of the sacrifice. And the blood of the sacrifice today is the Holy Ghost. Only one place he will meet. Only one thing that we have in common, the Holy Ghost. Amen. God will never meet with man nowhere else but under the blood, under the Holy Ghost. When you turn down the blood down, when you turn the Holy Ghost down, your meeting place with God has been taken away. God made his first decision in the Garden of Eden that man would worship him under, only worship him under the blood of the sacrifice. And that's the only place that God met with man then. And it's the only place that God ever did meet with man. And that's the only place he meets with man today is under the shed blood of the sacrifice. Amen. See, I don't care if you're Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, if you, you know, if you can, and, and let me just add in there, message believers, if you can just forget your differences, Roman Catholic, whatever it might be, come under the shed blood, God will meet both of us there. That's where we can all meet in fellowship on the same grounds. But otherwise, he will not meet you because you're Methodist. He will not meet you just because you're Pentecostal. Could I add in there? He will not meet you just because you go to message church. He will meet you under one condition. That's under the shed blood where your sins have been confessed and expelled in his presence by the blood. And the blood is always before him. And therefore he can only see you through that shed blood and your white as snow. See, you confess your sin. Otherwise, you're not there. You can't fellowship. And that's the reason you don't see things happening in the churches. They confess they believe the blood, but they reject the very plan to get to the blood, the word. Oh, now we just had an intellectual jump off board. See, it's the the word, Brother Tim. That's the plan to get to the blood is the word. We got to have the word, the word, the word. I'll get to that in a minute. We'll find out what word. Amen. There's only way God will honor that word. You'll never honor that word and come say, I'm a Roman Catholic. I'll demand this to be done. You can't do it. Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, you can't do it. Now, and, and just let me see. We're in a church where we see things happening. Yeah. Right. Right. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 We see the miraculous taking place. Amen. Healings, miracles. Right. Yeah. Devils cast out. Yeah. Amen. Even when people are saved, that's casting out devils. Are you with me? 
Amen. And we see it happen, but we want to see it happen more. How many would say that this this evening? I'm happy that it's happening, but I want it to happen more. I want to see, I want to see that book of Acts. The Holy Spirit on display in action, living in us, moving in us, ever service, ever service, right now, tonight. In my life, in your life. Not just in the preachers, but in us all. And Brother Branham says this in perfect faith. This is another sermon preached after the seals that the token message caps off perfect faith. You wonder how you're going to have perfect faith? Same way, through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That gives you a perfect faith. That perfects your faith. That's where your faith has been made perfect. Amen. You believed God. You believed he was your savior. You believed, you believed in the Holy Ghost. But where your faith is made perfect is when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That makes your faith, believe in God as savior, perfect. Now faith is for, based on forgiveness then. As we said this morning, trying to get the church into the place where we can really see apostolic Time's moving among us. Here's the, the purpose for all of these messages. Just get the church to the place to see apostolic times moving among us. That's what we all hunger. And it's just laying right at the door. And I want to say, we're there. Amen. We're right at that door. Are you with me? Amen. We see it. He said, but we want to see more of it. We want it such a flow that it'll be a help to us. Us to flow out to others. But you know, today, that's why some churches can plod along for years and years and years without a convert. Yeah, without a convert. No soul saved. Let the sick lay. You know why? The blood ain't there. You you think I'm joking, but no. I, I just tell you, you know, there are churches that are out there that have sat there for 40 years and not had one person saved except they married somebody in the church. And then they got baptized. Is that a book of Acts church? They ain't casting out devils. Come on. Now, Brother Brandon said, that's why, that's the reason you don't see things happening in the churches. They confess they believe the blood, but they reject the very plan to give to the blood the word. Now, the blood is the Holy Ghost. Amen. They confess they believe in the Holy Ghost, but they reject the very plan to get to the blood, the Holy Ghost. Somebody with me? Now, so what is the word that is the plan to get to the blood? Acts 2.38. Amen. That's the word needed to get to the blood. For the blood is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Repent. Turn from your sins. Turn around. Die out to sin. Amen. 
Amen. Don't just come up the altar. Oh, Brother Jim prayed for me. Get out of that altar. I'm going to die out to sin until you're dead. I'm going to do your thinking's dead. So your ideas are dead. So your sins are dead. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the plan to get to the blood. It's just that simple. The word. Now, personal experience with God, Brother Brandon said, that's what the church needs tonight is just stop studying so much theology and get down to the altar and pray until a personal experience burns down into the human heart and burns out all the dullness and gives a new vision. Amen. An indictment, you must come under the blood. You must come under the Holy Ghost. It's the place that, the only place that God will meet is under that Holy Spirit of God. That's the only place. Amen. Blood, Holy Ghost, blood, Holy Ghost. You get it? Amen. When we say, you know, the blood of Christ, we're talking about the spirit of Christ. The life of the blood. I'm not talking about the the fluid that fell down from his veins. We're talking about the life that came out of him. The Holy Spirit. When you're born of that, when you're born of that Holy Spirit, you're born of the blood. Amen. You're his child. You belong to him. You're his possession. Amen. That's why many times, you know, when dealing with people, and especially sometimes even those that are demon-possessed, accept Christ. Take him into your heart right now. Ask him to come sit on that throne. Because if we can get Jesus on the throne, then you become his property. And then he fights for you. Then the battle's over. When he goes to fighting for you, amen, for his property. Amen. You get the Holy Ghost, you're his property, and he fights for you. He ain't going to let no devil stay in your life. He fights for you because you're his child. You're his property. You're his wife. You're his bride. And nobody better dare lay hands on his property. Devil get back. Death angel move back. Amen. Amen. You must come under the blood. In indictment, he said, the only way you can do that is come under the mercies of God. Oh, what are we doing now? And there's no more mercy. You've got to come under the mercies of God. Through his grace is to come through the shed blood of Jesus Christ saying, Lord, I claim the promise. And then if you're really under that blood, God is obligated to that word. Amen. First, you've got to be under that blood. You see it now? No wonder they can't believe in miracles. No wonder you can't believe in the supernatural. No wonder they condemn it. The same reason they condemned it back there is the same reason they condemn it today. They're guilty as guilty can be because it's under, only under the shed blood. And those who would dare, some little brother who dares under humility to take God in his word and walk out there, confess his sin, forget all these dogmas and things and stand there under the blood and believe it, they want to call him a fanatic. Amen. They want to class him as we would say. It's not a good word to use in the pulpit, but so you'll understand he's an oddball. Notice we find that only under the blood 
that God will meet a worshiper. So they met at Jerusalem. And Christ is God's provided lamb of sacrifice. And today, there's only one place God will meet man. And that's under the shed of blood, under the blood of Jesus Christ. Anywhere else it is condemned, God will never hear it. Amen. He said, you can do all kinds of emotions. See, on that spirit run. All kinds of ism and shake and jump and blood and fire and smoke and everything else. But as long as that life isn't compared with the word and God thoroughly identifying that life, then there's no need of trying it because you're out. God will never meet it till it comes under the care of the blood. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If you'll get your vices under the care of the blood. Amen. You get the things that your eyes are looking at under the care of that blood. Amen. What is the blood today? Amen. Certainly it's not the body fluids that ran down the cross. No. Amen. It's the life of the blood. The Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Ghost is the blood. And that's how the church is the blood by the Spirit. Is to be born of the Spirit. You see, that is not a, just that is not just a, a slogan. The church is the blood by the Spirit. Uh, we are. How did we come to blood? By the Holy Ghost. Yeah. By being born again. By the baptism of the Spirit. Right. Not just a cliche. Amen. It's a, there's a meaning there. Right. The prophet of God said, "You are the blood by the Spirit." Yeah. Amen. By the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you become washed in that blood. You are the blood, born of the blood. Without the blood, there's no connection. That is why they can't manifest the word of the covenant because there's no blood connection to this covenant. You see the promises of this word. Brother Brandon said in the token, worship him and show show forth his promised power. The God's blood-bound, token-bound, covenant people has the spirit of Jesus Christ in here that he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also displaying the covenant. You see, we're not just talking about the message. We are displaying the message. Are you with me? Displaying it everywhere that we, everybody passing by, the children in the home see the token. The wife sees the token. The husband sees the token. Everybody, the church sees the token. On your job, they see the token. Everywhere, they see the blood. That the life of Christ is on display. Now, again, shows that Jesus Christ is in here. There's only one provided place by by God for anything. This, again, is in uh, 1963 of... Uh, just before the token, but it's not at Jeffersonville. But he says, and any religion today that hasn't got the blood life of Jesus Christ behind it, the death angel is on it. Right, death angel, separated from God. Yes, indeed. Ichabod is wrote over every bit of that, that of, of it that hasn't got the blood. Well, you say, well, I'm glad the blood. Now listen, if it hasn't taken effect, Amen. If the blood hasn't taken effect and you see it in your life as a consecrated child of God with what Jesus said would take place and be careful, you might have something else besides the blood. 
You might have a little injection of theology in there. Or some little inject of some sensations. Amen. Look, both sides. Come on. Both sides of the door. Sensation and, and theology. Head knowledge and theology. You say, I quivered, I shook, I danced, I did this. Be careful. Now listen, church. This is why the church will go through the tribulation. Now hear me now. The church will go through the tribulation, but not the bride. Amen. You know why? It's because, because that, that, that again, they, they will go through the tribulation because they think they are under the blood. But they're not. Now they have the lamb. They have the bow. They have the faith. But it's not displayed. It hasn't been applied. Isn't there? Or maybe it's just applied in one place. And there's still another entrance in. There's still another area in. That Satan, the death angel can come in. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. You see, they think they're under the blood because of justification by confession of faith. I believe. Amen. But let me tell you, friends, it's got to be something more than that. Amen. Amen. It's got to be that the life of the Lamb has come back upon you as a believer so that you have the nature of the Lamb. See, the Old Testament couldn't do that. They could slay the Lamb, but the nature couldn't come back. So all they could have right there is the physical uh, elements of the blood. But you have the nature of Christ must be on your body, your spirit, and your soul. Amen. It's got to be everywhere. The nature. The nature. Now, because this blood has the power to change the nature. Remember, this is where the heady, high-minded lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, truth breakers, covenant breakers, on and on and on. You know why? They, you know, they, because again, they deny the power. So why? They become saved sinners. Man, we're still sinners. We can't help what we're doing. You know, I want to be do good and I'm trying. And, you know, instead of watching one hour of pornography this week, I only... Oh, uh, what's 30 minutes of it? But, you know, I'm improving. Or I, I, I've, I've taken a, a fast from it for a while. And we're just be, you know, but God, God sees the blood. The only way the blood is there is if the Holy Ghost is there. And if the Holy Ghost is there, the nature of the Lamb will not let you do those things. God revealed to Abel what was acceptable sacrifice. And then God showed his approval, didn't he? Amen. Amen. He told Cain in Genesis 4, 7, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lieth at the door? So in other words, he says, If you come the same way that your brother did, don't you know you'll be accepted? If you come by the way of the blood, you'll be accepted? Somebody help me preach. Amen. Now, if we insist on offering a Cain's sacrifice, denying the blood, and offering...
instead our you know fruits and our theology and man's ideas and beautiful sermons and lovely mysteries that are still mysteries. Amen. That's what Cain did. Amen. He offered botany life without feeling. And if we insist on the baptism of the Holy Ghost without emotion, without feeling, but because we won't come by the way of the blood with feeling, then our unbelief will keep us out of the rapture. You cannot continue to offer Cain's sacrifice, which is an offering without blood, without feeling. Sin crouches at the door like the death angel. He crouches like a cat. It's flying at you like a bat. Oh, I know. I know some of you are walking through this like a tomcat walking through molasses tonight. But hey, let's look at this real carefully. The Holy Ghost is not theology. Neither is it emotion. It is a life. And when that life comes in you, it takes charge of your emotions. It also takes charge of your theology. Amen. Amen. It'll take charge of your passions. Amen. And he cares. Do you care? Brother Brandon said, you, you said, you're like a person says, they are, I'm a, I am, I'm a believer. I believe. Let the gospel light strike them, brother. They'll take it right now. And they'll show results. Amen. Certainly, you'll not see that man anymore in pool rooms. You'll not see him out here with a cigarette in his hand. You won't see him drinking. No, no. You won't see him flirting with other women. No, no, no. I don't care how much they throw their female flesh before him. He'll turn his head toward the skies and look toward Christ. What is it? It shows the remedy has taken effect. Again, Brother Branham told us, and there is only one way provided by God. A man came to me yesterday and he says, I got a boy, 16, Brother Branham. I got a boy, 12. I take them on the street, these little strip teasers out there. He said, the boys, they're little males. He said, what can I tell them? And Brother Branham said, sir, I don't know. Take them to Christ. And let them get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And they'll turn their heads to them modern strip teasers. I don't know what to tell them. I, listen, I don't have any psychology to help you with. I don't have anything, uh, you know, to help you with your uh, learning behavior. You know, uh, don't do this and try this. And, you know, try, you know, tie some ribbon around your head. Or, you know, look away, do this. You know, I, I don't have a solution other than get to Jesus. Hard as you can. Amen. Fall in love with Jesus. Get filled with Jesus. It'll take care of that sin question. It'll take the desire of sin out of your life. They'll turn their heads to these modern striptizes. Too many are grandchildren of this message. We went along. Brother Bradham talked about the Pentecostals and their grandkids. We're now here. We've arrived. The message is just a way of life. 
It's just a tradition they've been taught. Good Amish, good Mennonite people who've been given strict rules of dress and behavior but are missing the life. It is the rising of the sun. Brother Brandon said, Satan don't care how religious you are or how right you are in your doctrine. If you miss that life, you won't come up anyhow. No matter how religious, how good, how many churches you belong to or will belong to, it doesn't matter one thing unless you've been born again. He tells us in the message paradox, he he gives this whole illustration about this boy, how he inherited his his parents' gene, but but they had been converted, and so there wasn't nothing like their family. One was Irish and the other German. And one, you know, he, he describes their whole characteristics of their family and, and, and the wrong characteristics there. But you're not like that because you've been born again. Right. Now this boy, the only thing, because he, he made a promise or something, did something with a girl and wouldn't apologize for it, and he, he wouldn't make it right. right. So it was brought to Brother Branham and he said, the father raised up and said, My son went to the altar. He was baptized correctly in the name of Jesus Christ and water baptism in the pool. Said, I know that my son has come to Christ. And I said, that may be all right, all the outward motions. He might be identified as a believer with the believers. But unless he's regenerated, born again, I'd advise that young man to never marry a woman. He'll make hell on earth for her. Until that gentle, sweet, forgiving spirit of Christ comes in. I'll tell you, friends, I've seen it too often. Men, Men and women making hell on earth in their home. Because the sweet, loving, forgiving spirit of Christ isn't there. And if you don't have it, I'll tell you what, you know, your marriage is doomed. It's just only time when the bomb will strike. It'll explode. Then that will be a paradox in itself to take the very nature of that boy that's bred between father and mother. And you know, you know yourself. I know myself. I mean, I inherited all kinds of things from the Pruitts and the Middletons. And I'll tell you, the cross wasn't all that good. Before you brag, it didn't help to, to cross it with the winners either. Amen. Just made a bunch of other messes. Amen. But there's one thing that's a cure for the Pruitt Middleton problem. That's the Holy Ghost. Amen. Which makes you different from all the rest of them. Separated. Sold out. Consecrated. Amen. By the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yet, he said, now, it's a It'll be a paradox in itself to take the very nature of a boy that's bred between a father and mother, and yet it is intellectuals. Somebody help me preach now. Hold the word here. Yet it is intellectuals. He is trying his best to overcome it. And he can't do it. He'll never overcome it. Christ will have to overcome it. See, that's why these TED TED Talks won't work. 
Hey, man, well, we just give them a little bit of psychology and reasoning and, and pat them on the back and say, you're all right and going to heaven the way you are. You're not. You're going to hell. You're missing the rapture. Hey, man, you need to find a place of repentance and come to God and die out to sin till that old sin nature is dead in your life. Christ will have to overcome it. I'm going to just tell you, you're dealing with a problem in your life. Christ will have to overcome it. Listen, this ain't a one, two, three step of AA. This ain't a, that, that ain't, that, that ain't, listen, they're given all kinds of treatments for sin. And these treatments aren't working. Christ will have to overcome it. When he lets Christ in, then he's already overcome then. It'll be a perfect paradox when a man is born of the Spirit of God. Now, we have great meetings today. Are you still with me? I'm just going to go right on up, just right up to the hour. So just hang tight. I know it's Wednesday night. We have meetings with great sermons to stimulate the mind. What we need is sermons that will bring about a change of nature by leading souls to repentance. To do this, the dynamics must connect with the mechanics. Amen. And Brother Brandon would compare this with two cars. And he says, both of them are filled with octane power, which is the word. But one has got fire, amen, and spark, and the other doesn't. Right. And one will, will arrive, one will go down the road to divine healing, right. to overcoming power. Right. Yes. He'll pass right by and then go and bypass that sex sins and fornication and all those things. Right. Are you with me? Right. He'll go somewhere. Right. Amen. Right. It's, in a, it's in an exodus. Yeah. It's going higher. Yeah. It's moving on. But the other's dead, sitting right in his trap, year after year, no change. Still dealing with the same old problems. Having to wipe off all the dirt and the filth of the world. Listen, gasoline represents the word and it's the truth, but without the spirit, it won't move. Amen. Brother, I'll tell you, I tell you, we're sitting in a good place. I said we're sitting in a good place. The reason why we're sitting in a good place is you've been filled up. Amen. You got 10,000 power octane in your tank. There's more than a tiger in your tank. Amen. There's the word of God that's been put in your tank. Amen. It's been put in there service after service. This night could be the night the spark hits that word in your life that gives you that overcoming power. Amen. It's the hour for it. It's the time. Brother Brandon said we put too much stress on the mechanics and nothing on the dynamics. So I'll tell you then it's time we put some stress on the the dynamics of the Holy Ghost. You've got to have it. Amen. You got to have that cranking power. 
to go with the word that we have received and let the spark of the Holy Ghost begin to hit that word that has been hid in your heart. Amen. Oh, and it'll, it'll start moving for it. The bride, if the groom hit on 16 cylinders, so will the bride. Amen. Oh, yes, he'll give a charge of his dynamics. Trying to hurry here. Because you see, the Holy Ghost is the very symbol that you have been connected with your sacrifice. And there's a problem today. You see, in the connection, that's why there's no firepower there. You got to be connected with the Holy Ghost. You got the word, but connected with the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is what's needed in our church and message churches across the country. Amen. Connected with the Holy Ghost. We're right here to, to, amen, it's the hour, it's the time to get connected. Amen. With your sacrifice. That's right. Now listen, if there's no sacrifice in heaven, then there's no reason to be connected. This makes the, the token, the Holy Ghost, null and void if there's no one there. If there's no one as the intercessor. If there's no one as the mediator. This outpouring of the Spirit is released from the blood of God. Can I bring you a quotation from the church age book? The original outpouring of Pentecost, which outpouring came direct from Jesus on the mercy seat, is in doing his church through all the seven ages. Showing that perfectly that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The never changing God in his essence and his ways. Hallelujah. So when you get connected to your sacrifice, amen, here comes an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Which comes direct from Jesus on the mercy seat. Amen. And if you're not connected to the mercy seat of Jesus, come on. All people want you connected to a mercy seat on the earth. Be connected to them. We're the one with mercy. God wants you connected to him, to the Holy Ghost. Amen. To the power of God. You get connected with him. The dynamics begin to strike the mechanics. These signs begin to follow them that believe. In my name, they begin to cast out devils. Amen. The sick is healed. The dead is raised. The needs are supplied because the dynamics is working in the church. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. I'm going to get Pentecostal here for a moment because it's the blood. It's the life of the blood. Under that blood, remember, when that's, until that seal is placed upon you, Brother Brandon said you have no right to call yourself connected to your sacrifice. And this is the problem today. People are not connected to the sacrifice. Amen. There's a short somewhere and there's no dynamics to go with all these mechanics. We fiddled, faddled, and fiddled, faddled. Oh, my friends, when this prophet left, he left us a car that was running. Why did you mess with it? Amen. Why don't we go back to the original word and the original message and go back to original Pentecost. Amen. And get connected again with the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost begin to empower that word and send it out. Oh, hallelujah. Are you with me? Amen. Notice now, I'm trying to bring this down to a close just for a moment. Remember, there in the, in the upper room, um, for the first 40 days, Jesus was with them, appearing among them. But then 10 days in the upper room, then after, which was seven weeks after um, the Passover on the 50th day, 
The day of Pentecost was fully come and the atonement was applied and the blood was sprinkled upon them as licks of fire began to fall upon each one of them. They become connected to the sacrifice. That's what's the matter in the churches today. They're not connected with the sacrifice. When you're connected with the sacrifice, there's overcoming power. When you're connected with the sacrifice, there is healing power and the deliverance. There at Pentecost, the true hearts drew near with full assurance of faith. Hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and evil desires. Like like has been stated in Hebrews uh, 10, 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Our bodies washed with pure water. So you see, we have returned back to the original atonement. But until that lick of fire comes upon you. The blood of the sacrifice has not been applied to you. You must, are you hearing me? Must be connected with your lamb, with your sacrifice. You say, well, we believe it. Well, you give a superficial claim of we believe it, but there's no manifestation. If God is indeed with you, then where are the miracles? Amen. God is with us. I want to say it again. God is with us. How do I know that? Devils are cast out. Yeah, yeah. What kind of devil? Souls are saved. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Every time a soul is saved, demons are cast out. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Devils are cast out. The sick are healed. Every time the sick is healed, devils are cast out. Yeah. Amen. Devils are cast out and sin is exposed and sin is remitted when devils are cast out. We're a church that are devil chasing, devil defeating, devil overcoming, devil casting out. People that God has called in this day and hour to chase Satan out. Turn the death angel away. Pass over me. There's blood. There's the Holy Ghost. It's in this church. It's in these lives. It's in your life tonight. Hallelujah. Brother Adam said, if a man says he's born again and tries to place these promises of Christ in this last day to some other age, making him Christ yesterday, but not today, then that man or that person has been in the delusion of Satan. And if that man said he believes that, and there are many, oh, we believe in miracles. We believe in casting out devils. We, we, we believe that, Brother Tim, but it doesn't manifest through them. Jesus said, Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe in all the world to every age, casting out devils, speaking with tongues, all these manifestations of gifts that would follow, that they shall, not that maybe, they ought to, they will, and heavens and earth will pass away, but his word won't. Oh, brother, we're here. We're in another book of Acts. Satan's being cast out. His kingdom's coming down. The blood is being applied. Brother Brandon said, now we realize we're not St. Paul. And I realize that tonight. I'm not St. Paul, but he's still Jesus. He's still God. And God's no respect a person. He sends you pastors and evangelists and things along that you might have the same faith and the same God that St. Paul represented. And then if we have the same ministry, St. Paul had the same things take place in our ministry, take place in, that took place in, in St. Paul's meeting. Amen. Amen. Brother Branham told us again, 
The people, instead of tearing, this is God of this evil age, instead of tearing for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they've let science prove to her that the Holy Ghost was only for the disciples. Instead of keeping divine healing going where she, where she ought to be now raising the dead and doing great miracles, she's let Satan under his leadership of religious men take the word of God and try to say it was for another age, and she believed it. Now listen to me. He preached over again, starting with his church, a deceived church by the world. Preached it out over and over and over again. It became a theme in his evangelistic sermons. So it was not just too out there to the world, though it was right here to his church. Started right here with his own followers. Samson. Just once more, Lord. Amen. And what gave him hope? Was there was a new crop. There was new hair growing. There was people that was coming back to the covenant. Of seven locks. Seven seals. Seven church ages. Come on. Sevenfold power of God. Amen. The last light. The last age. And there's a new crop. I can feel some hair. I'm feeling some hair back here. Amen. Are you feeling some hair back here? In this church, are we feeling some hair growing out? Oh, yeah, there's a church deceived by the world, but is there a new crop that can reach right in here and say, but I feel a strange yearning. I feel something moving. Amen. Oh, bring me to those pillars. It's time for Satan's kingdom to come down. It's time for Dagon to fall. It's time for deaths to meet their end. And they meet their end right here, right now, this time. Do you believe me? Amen. Stand to your feet. Let the musicians come now. Listen to me just for a minute. I stood at Shiloh, and I just want to remind you of Shiloh. And Shiloh. I stood at Shiloh in the ruins there where Eli, there when the tabernacle was, and Hannah prayed. She prayed for a child, and God gave her a, a Samuel, a prophet of God, one that would be devoted unto the Lord. Amen. I prayed there, and I called for the barren women to bring forth. Barren wombs of soul to give life. Then I called for the barren church to bring forth life. It was a moving moment. You listen, barrenness has plagued the family of Abraham. And the seed of God has always been a problem. It was a problem there in the family of Abraham. And even though God promised fruitfulness. And God promised this church would write another book of Acts. It will bring forth fruit. It will not be a barren church. But by and large, we've been suffering with barrenness. Somebody with me. We've been suffering with barrenness. Listen, there's always been a struggle in Abraham's line with barrenness. Sarah. Rebecca, Rachel, Hannah, Elizabeth, 
They are all examples in the Bible of barrenness. All children of Abraham promise fruitfulness and suffer with barrenness. We're children of Abraham. And as a bride movement, we've suffered with barrenness. We gotta have that, we gotta have the Holy Ghost in action. How many is with me just for a moment? Amen. But I want you to notice there was not one case. There was not one instance of a barren woman in the entire Bible that didn't conceive. No one. Every barren one conceived. Sarah conceived. Rebecca conceived. Hannah conceived. Rachel conceived. Elizabeth conceived. And this bride is going to bring forth every type of the Bible points to this. Amen. Amen. Your barren soul will not remain a barren soul. It'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. God's going to fill this church. God's going to fill your life. God's going to bring barrenness to an end and fill you with the Holy Spirit of God. Are you with me now? Not one instance in the Bible that he didn't fulfill that. Amen. We got promises laying right here in this church. And some of you say, well, it hadn't happened yet. The barren womb hadn't received it yet. But I, want to, I, I just want to say, it's happening. It's happening. There's things that's happening. The angel has appeared. The message has come and said, it's the time. It's your time. It's your time for the barrenness to be over. Mr. Biscoe gave that story and I had Michael play it back to me this week where that she was up there and there was a brother Johnson in a boat and they was taking Brother Branham somewhere and he said there was dead heads that was in the water. Dead heads. And he said those dead heads, you hit those dead heads, he'd sink the boat. And brother, there's a lot of dead heads around. Said all of a sudden, as they were going along, they hit a hit a felt like a bump. They felt like hit a dead head, and it shook shook the boat. And Brother Brandon said, "You thought that was a dead head, but that was the Holy Spirit of God that just dropped down here and said, your barren wife's going to have a child.'" It's just another dead head. It's not a dead head. It's the angel of God that said it's your moment, your time, your hour, your time. I tell you, you can receive the Holy Ghost right here where you're standing, right in your seat tonight. In that moment that you yield yourself to him as the Holy Spirit comes down like a rushing mighty wind. Feel the bump on the boat, and it's not a dead head. It's the Holy Spirit saying, "Your 
sing again. Amen. About that blood. There is a blood. There is a blood. I say there is a blood. There's a blood that prevails tonight. Amen. Listen to what he said. The dynamics of this church will be a refilling of the Holy Ghost which we have worked in a small measure while the headstone is coming Exactly like that. Even the dead that's dead in Christ for hundreds of years ago will rise in the beauty of his holiness, take its flight to the sky. The dynamics is the Holy Spirit. I say tonight, you ought to crowd dynamics. Come to my mechanics tonight. Amen. Fear me with fire. Amen. Cleanse me, Lord. In your presence, there is a blood. There is the blood. Just worship him now. Just worship him.
Yeah. 